Welcome to Video Store. My name is Sam Mulberry. Today we are talking about the 1994 Ang Lee film Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. So let's step into Barrett Fisher's Video Store. Barrett, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, Barrett, um, this is a movie I had not seen before. I I definitely was aware of it. I think I even remember in 1994 this movie, if nothing else, from the name. The name kind of sticks out to me. Um do you what is your history with this film did you see this in 94 and kind of because this was nominated for the best um would have been best foreign language film at the time um so is this something you saw then something you came across later yeah i I came across it um it would have been slightly later though because i feel like i had already that i already knew who ang lee was before he came along with you know sense of sensibility and the ice storm afterwards so I must have caught, I, th- I feel like I caught up with it on video not long after it came out, but I know I didn't see it in the theater. So this is our second Ang Lee film that we've talked about almost uh, almost exactly a year ago. About 11, 11 months ago, we talked about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, and Lee is one of only 21 people to win multiple Best Director Oscars. Um, so he won in 2005 for Brokeback Mountain and 2012 for Life of Pi. Um, what do you think? expect when you go into watching a uh an angly film because his if you go over his filmography it is varied like there are this this movie is very different than crouching tiger which comes out seven years later it's different than broke back it's different than life of pie so so what do you expect when you sit down to watch an angly film yeah it's pretty hard to say sam as you just suggested i mean uh i you know i guess maybe this sounds like a cliche answer but um i expect i expect craftsmanship i mean uh lee works with cinematographers who shoot beautiful films i think i think his films always they're always they're always nice to look at if i could put it that way but i think um i think maybe at the heart of lee's films and we see this with a drink man woman and then, and then his first English language film is Sense and Sensibility. And I think about those two films and think, oh, my gosh, those are films in which he's really interested in how people deal with uh, a complex, cult- complex cultural situations in which relationships are under various kinds of pressure. And I could actually fit, I think I can fit the ice storm and Brokeback Mountain into that mold pretty well. Uh, Life of Pi, I mean, that's, that's a, certainly a relationship story as well. And so I think in many ways, um, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman is kind of a, a um, it's kind of a bellwether film in that respect because he's going back to Taiwan. He's an insider, but he's also an outsider, and he's really interested in how relationships in Taiwan develop under a variety of different kinds of pressures. So I would say fundamentally, if I had to say one thing about Angley, I'd say I think he's a relationships director. I think he likes to see people in different kinds of relationships with different kind of cultural contexts. Well, it's interesting to think about this along with Crouching Tiger, which is the, mm-hmm. I don't actually know that I've seen a lot of Angley films as I think about it. They're all these movies, like I've never seen Brokeback, I've never seen Life of Pi, I've never seen Sense oh. and Sensibility. Um, so like, I, I think these are movies I'm aware of more than movies I've seen. But so if I think about this in Crouching Tiger, like as different as they are, that is also a movie about uh, some different generations, about kind of old ways and our old ways dying compared to new ways it's it's not about a family but it's about a sort of family like you have family dynamics in there um so so i think i think that if you watch these two movies next to each other you may recognize things where you're like you know what there actually is as different as, as these movies are there's something at the core of them that seems to connect 
Yeah, I think that's right. And, and he's he's really interested in, um, I'm glad you brought up uh, generations. He's really interested in the relationship between generations. That's obviously a key thing here with each drink, man, woman. And he's interested in um, how and whether and why cultures adapt to changing not only historical change, but also maybe what it means when one culture encounters another culture. I think all that's going on in Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Well, it's interesting because this is the this is Lee's third film, and it's yeah. the final film in what's sort of unofficially referred to as the Father Knows Best trilogy. Um, I don't know if it's an intentional trilogy, although there is interesting things like um, uh, the actor Shi Hong Long plays the father in all they're different characters but plays mm -hmm. the father in these three movies so pushing hands the wedding banquet and then Etrick man woman mm -hmm. um the, the the latter two of those were both nominated for oscars so the wedding banquet in 93 and then this in 94 um and they seem to be again i haven't seen those earlier films but i was reading about them they seem to be about again these generational clashes but also more culture clashes actually lining up with lee's story so it's it's worth knowing you know lee grows up in taiwan but goes to um college at, at uh, university of illinois mm -hmm. and then goes to film school at nyu mm -hmm. which is which is interesting so even in the a film like this which is you know his first one set entirely in taiwan america looms in this story they're there mrs liang is coming back from mm -hmm. america they, they're always they're they're talking um, about uh, they're talking about that, and one of the writers on this film is one of Lee's collaborators that I think he meets as part of being at. Actually, I think it, maybe it's being at the University of Illinois. Is James Seamus, mm -hmm. and if you think about a a, a a Taiwanese film, you don't think James Seamus is a name you would expect to see as a writer, but he's a collaborator with Lee. I think up through maybe. Um, maybe up through life of pie even like it's he goes pretty deep into um lee's filmography so mm -hmm. so even in his writing team you know you have this clash of cultures or this meeting of cultures and so that makes sense why this might be part of that theme right and as you said for for lee this is the first film he's made in taiwan and he he talks about the film as um or making the film he feels both like it's a homecoming and at the same time that he's kind of a visitor. So he he himself has those, um, I don't know if you want to call them contradictions, but he has that that element of both East and West in him at the same time, which is one of the, the key elements of the film as well. And that explains, I think, partially why he can move from this to a movie like Sense and Sensibility. And it's like, well, how, how, how would you think of that jump? Well, he's already made that jump in his life between between cultures. Yeah, and maybe that's another thing to say about him, you know, that he's um, he's sort of a sort of a foreign director, but sort of an American director at, at the at the same time. And um, I, I would also say, I, I think one of the other ways to think about his filmography, uh, Sam, is that you know he likes to he likes to set himself new challenges because you know you think about the difference among those films, and they're 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 different in so many ways, including generically and including um, you know Life of Pi, which is a heavily special effects driven film, Sense and Sensibility, which is a very uh, dialogue driven film. You have you know period dramas, you have um, you have science fiction with the Hulk. Uh, so I think he's I think fundamentally he's a person who likes to keep himself. Um, challenged and kind of maybe outside of his comfort zone or figuring out how big his comfort zone can be. 
Yeah. One of my other favorite things about early Ang Lee is I think this is true. I, I heard this on a podcast while he was at NYU. He was uh, he was there overlapping with Spike Lee at NYU and they worked on student films together. So could you imagine Gosh. Spike Lee and Ang Lee working together on on student films like that's just I mean, there's there's three directing Oscars right there and probably should be more. Right. Like that's kind oh, yeah. of amazing. Um, so at its core, I, I, I need to say I loved this movie the first time I watched it. And the second time I watched it, I loved it even more. And um, it's weird to say that this movie like hit close to home for me because this family looks nothing like my family. I come from a much smaller family, but there he is tapping into something about um, human dynamics and family dynamics that felt so real to me that uh it just it just hit me really hard as i watched it at its core this is a film about a family full of people who struggle kind of struggle to communicate with each other mm -hmm. um when we're thinking about this so i was trying to th think of how i would describe this and i said well it's a story with a strong sense that uh there is a distance between um what each person wants and what's expected of them Mm -hmm. But there's also a distance between what they think is expected of them and what's mm -hmm. actually expected of them. But because communication breaks down, the heartbreaking part of this is there are people who are shaping their lives around what they perceive to be the expectations of them when those aren't even the real expectations. Those aren't even the things. It, it, it breaks my heart, the scene where the daughters are talking is, is at the first well and we'll get into the 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 opening of this movie because this movie is a great opening all mm -hmm. the way through that first dinner. But um, there's this great moment where the daughters are at home talking about kind of who's going to, who's going to care for their father and, you know, and, and, and kind of each thinking about is the expectation on me. And then you cut to, um, uh, Mr. Chu and, 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 and old Wen talking with each other. And it's sort of like Chu is kind of thinking like, how do I get my daughters out of the house? <laughs> like it's, it, it, it's, it's, so it's like there, th those streams just aren't crossing with each other. And so everybody is feeling a burden that's not actually there if they could just communicate. And that that felt really, uh, really strong to me. Well, all, you know, one of the interesting things about that contrast is you have Chu and Old Wen able to be completely intimate with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and the family is not able to do that. But I, I'm glad. I mean, I think, Sam, you've hit on. I mean, that's exactly, you know, what makes the story. And I, maybe I shouldn't use this cliche, but what makes the story universal. Right. Because in, in what culture do you not have family dynamics in which people are unable to say exactly what they feel, where people think that what they're doing is to the benefit of the other person, but maybe it's not actually what that person wants, where people, um, uh, where people do things, uh, perform, uh, perform rituals, uh, in a sense, because um, it's an expectation of the family or it's an expectation of the culture. And everybody's thinking, maybe it's time to change this ritual. Or maybe we don't really want to do this. And nobody's willing to say that. So I think so. I think the story sets us up, even though it's so, in many ways, so Chinese. We have no trouble when we see that first dinner understanding exactly what's going on there because we could insert our own family dinners our thanksgiving feasts whatever for that for those kinds of kinds of dynamics yeah exactly and it's the kind of thing where you can't see those things in your own it's hard to see those things in your own family but when you watch it in something like this you're like oh it's so clear what's going on and then if you let the movie work on you you're like oh 
this is just an allegory. <laughs> like, like this, this, this might as well be this moment. Cause I've had moments in my life where somebody more on the fringes of, of family will make a comment about something and about somebody else and what they think about things. And I'm like, that's not how they think. And then I realized maybe this person sees things more clearly than I do. You know, because I'm in the middle of thinking about expectations and perceiving expectations and someone on the outside can say, that's not how this person thinks. That's not what they're concerned about. Um, so so to me, this movie was almost like therapeutic the second time to watch in the way that it shows me something. And then it says, OK, now ask some questions about your own life and maybe act on those, <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. act. You know, so like I it made this movie feel really masterful in that way. Um. A line that 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 uh, hit home for for me is um, at, at the very end of this film, when when Chu is making his speech, he actually describes the family as uh, a, a four people living under one roof but leading separate lives, mm -hmm. um, and that. It's funny because it's at the end of the movie, but it reflects back, and it's like that is entirely what this is, and what that allows for Lee to do, um, and it's it it made this story this movie almost hard to watch at the beginning in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's like he just doles out little pieces of information without exposition, and you're trying to. So at first, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out who the people are, yep. what is the information he gives me, and he's not showing us the entirety of their stories. This movie makes these jumps where all of a sudden something happens and there's an announcement and you're like, wait a minute, why you didn't set me up for that announcement. Um, and he does that throughout the film, but I think that actually allows for really great, uh, really great storytelling because he's just showing you what he wants to, to lead you down a path to maybe um, uh, twist the story on you. I mean, this, this is a story with not a lot of plot, but with a lot of plot twists, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, Sam. It, it 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 takes a minute. You know, he's very deliberate about introducing each of the daughters, right? But it takes a minute to kind of figure out well who's who and what's and what's their relationship. But at the same time, um, the, the exposition is so skillful because of the way it's woven so naturally into the conversations. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, when the two oldest daughters are talking about. Uh, the one that's the, the middle daughter that's, that's, that's going to move out and they talk about their parents' marriage. And I mean, I felt like it was an entirely natural conversation when I think about talking with my siblings about my, you know, our family's past or whatever. I mean, it sounded just like the way people would talk about it. It wasn't like, okay, let's stop and give the audience this information. But at the same time, it gave us a lot of information that was really kind of helpful because it, it told us a, a lot about what he was like to live with before this point of the film. It told us about his relationship with with his wife. It told us about the relationship between, between the daughters. It's just, just it's very, um, it's very richly packed the way he gets a lot of information into those short, uh, short dialogues. Well, and another interesting thing about that scene is it also leads up to what feels like a big moment. And then and then it cuts away before we get any kind of resolution of that moment where I think that the last two lines are um, uh, uh, Gia Jen, the, the middle daughter, says, um, I thought you hated me. Yes. And then and then uh, Gia Chen says, 
never and then it cuts away and it's like right. oh they were about to have a moment and he's like i'm not going to give you that moment if it had so we don't know exactly what that moment was but like <laughs> but it, it walks us right up to it and he's sort of like you've seen enough movies to know this is a moment and uh we're not gonna we're not gonna show that yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so so this movie fantastic opening I, mean, I always like to talk about kind of you know how, how movies open so we get these four intercut stories to introduce these characters and then they all converge on what's going to be a motif throughout the movie, which is Sunday dinner. Um, so we see Mr. Chu cooking um, and we see him cooking this massive complicated meal. And you're watching this thinking, okay, who is this guy? Other than I know this is going to, this is a food movie. So here's a person who can cook. Uh, there's, uh, Lee takes a lot of time to show process, which is mm. the thing you want. We talked about this last week. Like this is the thing you want in a food movie is you want to see them doing the thing. So you're you're watching him do like all these different techniques. Even I mean the way he's chopping, but even the way like he takes the I forget what it is. He takes something out of the oil and then puts it into ice water. I think that's maybe a like pork or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like you're seeing beautifully shot technique and 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 you're looking at this food and you're and you're always what you're I, I found myself wondering like who is this guy where is he because it doesn't seem like a restaurant kitchen he seems like he's alone but why is he making so much food <laughs> um and then then there's this his his cooking story sort of ends with a phone call mm-hmm. and it's the it's a phone call and he's talking to somebody about fish right right and it's one of those things where I was just like, who is he talking about? And then I totally forgot about it. And on second watch, it's like, oh, Lee was like laying. Because tr- when the big twist happens at the end, at first it feels like, wow, you didn't really set us up for that. And when I watch it a second time, I'm like, oh, there's breadcrumbs all over this place. But they're so subtle that you would never put those pieces together because none of the daughters put those pieces together either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and, and you ne- and you never know. um well, a couple couple things. One, one I want to say that um, one of the ways I relate to what's happening at the beginning with all that elaborate food that he's making is um, once a year, our family uh, spring break, when I was in high school, we would go down to Florida for spring break and we would stop in North Carolina on our way home. And I had a great aunt who always wanted to make this elaborate meal for us. And she would literally disappear into the kitchen sometime in the middle of the afternoon and she would emerge with a meal like, I mean, this is true. I've checked this with my mom at 10 o'clock at night. Hmm. And she was in there for six or seven hours. And I, I remember saying to my mom, you know, was it really that long or was it just because I was a kid? And my mom said, no, it was it was incredible. And then the food just kind of kept coming. So I, de- I definitely related to that. Um, the other thing I would say about that scene, too, is um, and the phone call is it's never really clearly established what his status is. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, I, I mean, I guess, you know, you come to the conclusion, I guess he's like semi-retired. So he's still kind of on call, but not exactly. But but so when you see him at the beginning, you can't tell. You, it looks like domestic kitchen, but you're, you're thinking, well, is it really domestic kitchen or is this like a small restaurant that he's cooking for? Because that's the amount of food he seems to be preparing. Right. And, and, you know, you see him go and, you know, pick out a chicken from his, from the backyard and debone the chicken in a really aggressive way. Um, I, I, I guess I've never seen somebody do that. Maybe that's, that's normal, but like, it, but, and then when he's doing the thing where he's inflating the duck oh yes. is, is 
Because because at first I'm looking at it trying to figure out what what am I even looking at that he's blowing into, um that you know that 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 you're so you're seeing things you've you've never seen before. I also like learned things from this oddly. Yeah. Like I noticed like before he would put something into the oil, he would like bathe it in oil with like a, a ladle, so it was, yeah. the outside would start to get hot. So he'd put it in. I assume that stops it from like blowing up and spat but i never thought of that and i was like well that's a great idea so so i'm learning as i watch him too so uh ang, ang lee just 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 by way of information ang lee used um five chefs for the film mm-hmm. uh five really top chefs and uh there's a little bit of autobiography here because when lee was trying to get himself established as a director his wife was the one guy with the income so he was kind of a house husband for a while and he did a lot of cooking uh, I don't think he cooked at this level, but I think that that's maybe one of the way, reasons why he's interested both father figures uh, and in cooking. Absolutely. Uh, so then we 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 meet the other uh, the other three. This is intercut with the cooking. Mm-hmm. So we meet the oldest daughter, uh, Jia Jin. We see her on a on on a bus um, with with her Walkman, listening to hymns, and then we later later see her at church. So this gives you a little bit of, okay, this must probably be a Sunday then because she's at a Christian church service. Uh, we meet the middle daughter, uh, Jia Chen. We see her at work, which is interesting because it's like, okay, so your sister's at church and this is a Sunday and mm-hmm. you're at work looking up like airline routes on a 1990s computer. <laughs> um, then we see her having uh, kind of a rendezvous with her ex-boyfriend. So we see them having sex. And I think that's intercut with the inflating of the duck which is a really, you know, uh, interesting image to see next to each other. And then we see the youngest daughter, which is the, I think, the most interesting juxtaposition, uh, Jian Yang, who works at Wendy's. So you have the father who's creating this beautiful, precise meal, and you see him putting things into oil. And then the first thing you see at the Wendy's is a basket of fries going into the oil. And then the greatest part is... A guy comes up to the counter and shows a sandwich and says, I ordered chicken. And she says, that is chicken, um, which tells you something about the uh, the food being served at Wendy's. <laughs> and, and, and it's also our introduction to um, to a subtle but uh, but insistent theme in this film, which is East meets West, West versus East. Um, what are what kind of Western influences might be destructive what kind of Western influences might be um, productive? You know, at what point do you kind of hold on to tradition? At what point do you kind of let go of tradition? I mean, ultimately, that's one of the big themes of the film, and he's got it there, kind of, you know, right, right up front for uh, for us to confront via Wendy's. And it never gets mentioned in the film, uh, but it is interesting. Later on, we learn. I mean, we we know that the youngest daughter is in college. We see her still studying and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we learn later on that the father did not want, uh, uh, Jia Chen to go into, um, go into food, go into the restaurant business. So it is interesting to see her working at, you know, at a, as much as you can think of a Wendy's as being a cook or a chef, but like, like working in the food industry, at least to make money that way. Um, again, that's, that's not mentioned at, at all in the film, but it is kind of interesting to know, like he, he is he he wants his daughters to do something in, in essence more elevated or more important or more meaningful than what he sees himself doing which is one of the interesting parts of this film we may get to that later on yeah i, I you know i don't know enough about the tradition of chinese cookery to know whether or not there is a kind of a prejudice against female chefs and and whether that's what's going on with him 
but it seems much more that it's about wanting to kind of uh wanting her to be more ambitious right mm -hmm. uh, feeling like you know to be a cook is not to be ambitious enough or it could be i don't want my daughter as a, as a rival you know so it could be about about gender roles but it's interesting because he has such a complicated relationship to tradition uh and you know you would think that he would want to encourage her to follow in his footsteps but instead he wants to push her into something that is that has all the earmarks of um westernization on it and yet and yet that's what he seems to want her to do even though in other respects he's very much critical of westernization so it's it's really an interestingly complicated um relationship he has both to her uh and to the the cultural change well and and i mean if you look at the kitchen at that hotel you do not see any women in that kitchen at no, least that exactly. I, you know yeah. um and 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 there is this there is something in Something subtle here where I, I think he is also questioning in some ways the meaning of his career and the art that yeah. he chooses to practice where um, he sees that maybe as something that's a dying art or something or he's questioning like was this was this meaningful what I've done um, uh, again it's it's yeah it's, it's at certain moments in the film where I feel like I it's a little cryptic where I'm not quite sure if he's feeling sorry for himself or he really thinks that because he sure seems like somebody who doesn't have a low vo low view of food and cooking but maybe but maybe it's that the world has passed his idea of cooking by so why why bring your daughter into a world where this thing is dying anyhow mm -hmm. yeah yeah and in yeah in, 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 in some ways the uh the shark fin incident at the beginning kind of expresses that right i mean obviously these people don't know how to pick shark fins and then you've got this debased version of shark fin floating around so to speak so yeah there, there may be the sense you know which is not unusual when you're when you're older that you know the things are changing uh they're not as good as they used to be you know he talks about that at, at, at the end and so maybe he doesn't want his daughter to uh to join you know kind of a kind of a dying tradition but at the same time you know that's enormously important to him and mm -hmm. uh, he knows he really knows no other way to express himself right except through food and one of the daughters says that at one point you know some some families communicate through music our family communicates through food or through eating um and that's really the the only love language he knows if you will um but it's interesting that at the beginning old wind says to him what you want you can't get what you have, you can't get rid of. You're as repressed as a turtle. Um, and then, and then later on, he says, you know, that he keeps all of his feelings and emotions bottled up. So, cooking is the only way he really can kind of let that out in a way. That's how he expresses himself. Maybe that's why he so violently debones the chicken. Well, it, what's interesting about and this is this is him being a really well created, well written, well performed character is like a lot of artists, he's not a talker. So, right. like you don't I, you just he seems a little more impenetrable to me i don't quite know what he's thinking so i'm left to kind of interpret things and it's very clear as we get to this first sunday dinner and every sunday dinner he's compensating for something by making food <laughs> because because right. like like you look at this he has four daughters uh should be three daughters and him um none of these people look like they engorge themselves on food and he makes a ridiculous amount of food and a ridiculous amount of different dishes. So, I mean, there is this, it's not hard in even the first time you watch it to look at that first scene and says, Oh, this is a guy who doesn't know how to say, I love you. 
this is what he does instead, you know, like, um, so, so I I really love that about him is that we're sitting around trying to figure out what he's thinking right now, because he doesn't really tell us, you know, for the most part. I mean, you know, the, the title, the title tells us the basic theme and the basic conflict of film, right? Atrick, man, woman, food sucks. So in a way, the film is about finding the balance between how you handle those two desires, uh, those two needs. So at the beginning of the film, you, you, you could argue, you know, that he is he's using food to compensate for lack in other areas. Mm-hmm. Right. So you so these four people sitting around the table at the beginning of the film uh, with an overabundance of food and a complete under underabundance of sex. None, mm-hmm. none of them sitting there has any kind of a uh, well, I mean, yeah, obviously the middle daughter has the romp with her with her former boyfriend, but but she's the not... one who wants to cook and can't. I mean, so she yeah, has right. There, there you go, there you go. So she's got the sex, but she can't have the food. So, so that that that's the issue with the film, I think, is how do you get those how do you get those two needs in in balance? Um, and and uh, yeah, so uh, you're compensating for one with the with the other, but they need you know it's that that. Eastern notion that you have to bring these yin and yang forces into some kind of balance and they're unbalanced at the beginning. So when we get to that first, that, that first dinner, I love that there's again, a lot of things subtly laid in there. So uh, we, the, one of the first things we notice is that uh, Jia Chen, the, the middle daughter uh, questions her father's taste, right? She's like, Oh, the, the ham is over smoked. And at that point he's very uh, like, he demands like oh my taste is fine even though we're gonna learn he knows that it's not um we hear that uh madame liang is gonna return so she's gonna become a character later chu almost makes an announcement yes and you know i'm assuming it's the he almost makes the announcement that he was gonna make at either that he makes at the end of the film like I, i i assume that's what he was gonna say but then then stops himself or gets cut off and instead, uh, Jia Chen announces that she's purchased an apartment in the little Paris in the East. Talk about East-West, right? Uh, yep, the, yep. And, and so, so she's going to be the first daughter to move out, right? So she is putting a flag down and saying, I I am leaving. Uh, and we know that everybody else is thinking about what whether they can or cannot do this, but she is announcing. And the irony of this film is at the end of the film, she's the, she's the one daughter still in the house. She's the one person still in the house at the very end of the film. Yeah, the film film's got a lot of great iron, ironies like that. Um, and, and one other thing I wanted to say about her, because in, in some respects, you know, because the film ends with her and her father, and she's the one that wanted to follow in his footsteps. She's uh, she she's kind of the key relationship. And uh, and uh, old Wen is describing her in a conversation, right, with uh, Mr. Chu, and he says she's a mixture of her mother's stubbornness and willfulness and her father's picky pickiness and pomposity. So there's a sense in which, you know, we often have the greatest conflict with the people in whom we see ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and often the people in whom we see aspects of ourselves that we don't much like. And so I think in a way, his battle with her is a battle with himself. And maybe it's a continuation of the battle with his wife that we heard earlier, earlier described. So then this scene gets uh, interrupted by the phone call. And, and and at this point, we still don't know anything about who Chu is other than he has made this amazing uh, Sunday dinner. And he gets this call and runs out like he's a police detective being called to a crime scene, except that the crime is uh, fake shark fins. And we get this. It's one of my favorite shots of the movie is this handheld shot 
of Chu going into the hotel, getting out of the cab, going into the hotel. And then it's like a handheld tracking shot yes. through the kitchen um, where somebody, uh, I think the, the guy who who runs the front of the house actually like puts the the chef's coat on him um, as if, you know, so, so he sort of suits up. Uh, it's this great thing. And then they, you know, they, they make, he makes the assessment about the shark fins and he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. And he sort of comes in and saves the day. And that's where we realize like, who is this guy? Because you're right. Like if this is the governor's son's wedding banquet, why was he not there if this yeah, thing's so yeah. important? But he's definitely somebody that they can call in for these things. And I, I, I love that that scene because the kitchen looks like it's about as long as a football field. And mm-hmm. in fact, um, Ang Lee are stitched together three different kitchens. So that's a, to, and, and into one continuous shot. And it's 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 a really bravuro. Uh, uh, shot as he runs as he runs through there, so it's 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 gorgeous. Yeah, it makes me think a little bit of the like the tracking shot in Goodfellas where they're. Yeah, going I was about the to kitchen. say just like tracking shot in Goodfellas, exactly. A little yeah, more kinetic, yeah. but very similar. Yeah, um, and then we go ba- back home and we see the daughters packing up all of the leftover food, yes. um, which made me makes me realize like how little food is eaten in this yeah. movie until the very end. The very mm-hmm. end, they actually eat. So that's why it's interesting when you said the line about when he when, when the two daughters are talking about the the, the neighbors who sing and she says, um, mm. you know, they they communicate by singing, we communicate by eating, not by food or cooking, but by eating. Mm-hmm. And you realize like how often dinners get stalled out because somebody makes an announcement and then we, then they don't end up we don't end up seeing them eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's at the end when they're actually eating when like stuff starts to come yeah. out, you know, from him. So. Um, so I found that really, really interesting. And then the daughters, this is where they have their first discussion about kind of who's going to take care of the, the father. And you see Jia Jeng basically saying like, you know, I should be happy for you. You're buying this apartment, but you know, this, this kind of puts the nail in the coffin that this is my life here. (laughs) But she also like seems to be embracing that, that idea of that life, but not necessarily in a joyful, happy way, (laughs) in a resigned sort of way. Uh, and then we get the introduction of uh, Jin Rong and Shan Shan mm. as they come in and we're told that Jin Rong is like another daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we find out that Jin Rong burned the fish. Shan Shan says that. And had I been paying attention, like, again, this is where he's laying it out. That's who she he was talking to about not oversalting the fish and yeah. types yeah. of things. But it just those things just fly past you because you you don't th- you. There's nothing that would lead you to think about that line, but then you realize on rewatch, like, oh, there's she was the most fascinating person to watch in a second viewing because she (laughs) says very little in the movie. But if you watch her, she's reacting to things around them, knowing knowing that she knows something nobody else does and that and that their assumptions are wrong, but she can't say anything about it. I, I think that that performance is really great. Yeah, and and you know, and we as the audience, uh, we're in the same position as as the daughters. Uh, I mean, we're we're eyewitnesses to what's going on, and yet we have no idea. And so, you know, his whole because we we take everything at face value. You know, of course, he's being uh, solicitous to Shan Shan and wanting to help out and making her lunch, and we never think about what other uh, feelings he might be expressing through that food. And that is a case where food does really become a a true. Uh, uh, a true expression of his of his emotions, and it, and it leads to just you know these little 
funny scenes of Shan Shan taking the orders for example, I loved that. lunches, lunches the kids want. That's it's just a it's a great comedic little touch that the film really needs. Especially when the one boy asks for fried rice and she says it's too easy, Mr. Two won't make it. Um, but what's interesting is so the daughters are, you know, they they were packing up from that first meal, and when we cut back to the restaurant, we see the the cooks in the restaurant throwing things away, throwing food away, and and Mr. Chu is like, those are fresh. You should take those home to your family. Yes. Like, you know, so there is this this sense of like they don't they're not respecting what they're making, you know. Mm-hmm. Um uh there and this is where he he says the line, and this is where where like it it makes me wonder about like like what he thinks about his uh his his life a little bit when he says Eat, drink, man, woman, food, sex, basic human desires, can't avoid them. All my life, every day, all I do, it pisses me off. Is that all there is? Is that the good life? Mm-hmm. You know, so so there definitely is this this portrait of this man towards the end of his career. Um, you know, at least asking questions about like, have all I've been doing is avoiding certain basic desires and then trying to fill certain basic desires, but is there something beyond those base instincts. Well, it's it's interesting that, that that he he says that Sam because you can kind of take two different perspectives on that, right? You can take the perspective that yes, those are basic needs and if you're not meeting those basic needs then your life is isn't valuable. But on the other hand, you can take the perspective that because they are so basic it is fulfilling those that really is um is the fruition of of, of life. And so I think that what he's really reflecting is again this idea that he doesn't have the balance of both of them, right? So yeah, he's right. Maybe if that's all there is, but that's not what he has. All he has is food, and as we said earlier, food cannot make up for sex. Um, so he says it as though he has both, and that's not enough. But the fact is, he only has one, and that's why it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And 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 this this is the scene where we get the introduction of of um, old Wen who plays such an important function. Cause as I was saying earlier, like you need to have the one character, the one person in your life who's both attached to the family, but outside enough to say, to call things out. And when, oh. when does that for him, he also does that for uh, Jia Chen later, right? When they're, when they're talking uh, in the hospital room. So he provides that important function of a voice, voicing things other people won't voice. And then he dies. So so that goes away, you know, which I think is important. I think it's important that he dies because they have to reckon with the fact that we can't rely on this other person to do our communicating mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Um. So from here, you know, after this sort of first night, the story breaks into really these four separate stories kind of intercut so we don't need to spend a lot of time with these but i want to just talk through them really quick in case there's things you want to highlight mm-hmm. uh so we see that the youngest daughter i mean her story gets resolved like halfway through the movie um so she ends up falling in love with her uh with her friend's boyfriend as she's kind of counseling him and what's interesting is the moment that they really start to connect is when they're sitting and eating when they go to the yes. the noodle cart and that's the moment that that it's like you know, she they're they're both defining love and like their definitions of love describe exactly what they're doing. And he even calls it out and says, Well, does that mean I love you? And it's like, Yeah, actually, you know. And but we don't get we don't see that's the story we see the least of. And then we get an abrupt announcement where 
they're at the table and she announces that she's pregnant and getting married and 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 she moves out that night is is another thing that I think is really interesting that I I I, I paid attention to the clothes they were wearing and be like nope she this is this is not cutting to a later night this is that night yeah, yeah. they move from the dinner to her moving out well you know I I think that you know one of the things that happens is each of those relationships is in one way or another a commentary on the nature of love right and so. You know, he talks about the fact that, you know, they must be in love because he must be in love with with Rachel uh, because he's being tortured. Uh, and she's she tells him, you know, love isn't torture. And of course, you think about those family dinners. Right. True love is being with someone who lets you express your feelings. So I think that, you know, in a sense, her that relationship, which is kind of the least developed of any of them, I, I think in some ways is also, you might argue, the most Western of the three relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, she's at Wendy's. She, you know, she moves in with the guy uh, after she gets pregnant. But then she says this kind of very Western thing compared to the, the rest of this culture. True love is being with someone that lets you express your feelings. And we see everybody else in the film struggling to say anything about how they feel. So I think she's she's there to kind of represent that particular approach to relationships which is much more open and, and frank than we see with anybody else absolutely then we get uh gia jen the the uh the older sister uh and she has sort of sworn off love because she talks about this uh college boyfriend who broke her heart nine years ago and of course why wouldn't we take this story at face value why wouldn't everybody take this story at face value uh we she has become a devout christian so when jokes about well she now has the perfect boyfriend jesus christ um uh and she's the one who sees her responsibility as caring for her father and she's both she's both accepted it but you can all you can detect like a undercurrent of um maybe bitterness and resignation about this uh, or almost like a martyrdom complex of like, okay, well, you go, you know, you go and take this new job and move out and do this. I'll be the one who will stay here and suffer, right? Like, 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 I feel like there's an undercurrent of that in her. Yeah, and 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 I think the film skirts along the knife's edge of a cliche about her Christianity, right? That it's because of her oppression, because of her denial of her of, of her desires, and yet by the end of the film, we we don't we don't see that she rejects that we see that there's a more, more an incorporation of her faith in the rest of her life but i think it's very important that she teaches chemistry and somebody says early on um i think it maybe it's when she confronts the student in class who has passing notes um and she wants to see this as kind of like disgusting and somebody says love letters are a kind of chemical catalyst mm. um and then of course they start writing those love letters to her and she teaches chemistry and it's like but food is chemistry too right so it's another it's another way in which food and love and sex kind of get get connected i mean nobody says explicitly food is chemistry but cooking is chemistry but we see it happening all all the time so i think it's another way in which you know so she's been trying to compensate for for lack of 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 love with her version of 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 food if you will and that's leaves her hungrier So then uh, we get this, uh, as we talked about, the scene where they're, where the two sisters are washing dishes um, and uh, they're talking about their, they're talking about their parents' relationship um, and, uh, and talking about their, uh, how much they don't communicate. This is the, this is like one of the times where they're talking about how much they don't communicate. Um, uh, Jia Chen says, uh, 
this may be your home, but it isn't your life. She's trying to get her sister to like kind of open herself back up to love. Um, and then she says, uh, what do you know about my heart? And Jia Jen says nothing because you've never shared it. Uh, Jia Chen says, ever since mother died, you've acted more like a parent than a sister. You shut me out. Right. Mm -hmm. So, the, so they have this kind of moment and that's the moment that he doesn't share with us is like, so does that is that so we don't know if that's sort of a breakthrough moment or not because we don't see it, uh, but we see that uh, Jia Chen is doing kind of detective work to dis and, and she because she thinks she has uncovered the the uh, the boyfriend who who jilted her sister. Yes, um, and, which is another great plot twist because you're like, wow, this the pieces are falling together for this, and then when she when she like traps him and like reveals this, he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then she realizes that actually the twist is that the sister made all of that up to, yes, in yes. essence, to um, choose to close herself off. And yeah. it's as this revelation comes and we don't ever see whether uh, Jia Chen yeah. confronts her sister about it or not. But we do see that she changes in a kind of way. Yeah, yeah I, I, I assume she does not confront her because she is now, you know, behaving more compassionately towards her i wanted to back up a little bit too though sam because it, it, it's at the second meal that you have another um uh forestalled announcement she she had chan is going to make her announcement i think it's probably about oh, yes and promotion and she doesn't get a chance to do that and then um a little bit later um i'm going to go 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 back to um Ji Chen again um she's at the karaoke, karaoke and she sings love's commandments yes so it's anyway it's just and, and you know, so that's so again back to the idea that she's trying to think about love that way, and this is not the way other people are are, are, are thinking about about love. Um, and she's kind of you know, again, it's this this kind of compensation for her disappointment. Well, what I what I love about when she finally connects with Ming Dao, the volleyball coach, yeah. it's it's as if they've never really talked about this because they really haven't, and they don't have a big discussion or conversation or even a date. There is just like a, this moment after she's kind of confronted the whole school about the love notes and she's been questioning the boys. He comes in, she's crying. They embrace, they kiss, they get married. Like, like there, there is like, like it's as if this had this, she had been holding something back from herself. And mm -hmm. once it opens up, it opens up so entirely that it's, it's a, basically a wordless conversation he's trying to ask her out on a first date group date and instead you get the sense that oh they're just going to get married instead <laughs> you know well, and you know and and then you know she shows up looking more like her younger sister you know mm -hmm. that red dress and the makeup and she's almost unrecognizable you know when, when when she shows up i think it's also interesting too that you know when, maybe this is obvious but you know when he first asks her if she wants to come along on uh to support the team or whatever it's a sunday and you're mm -hmm. thinking so how much of her hesitation is because sunday is church and how much of her hesitation is because sunday is the meal with her father and how are those things kind of connected you know that there's church and there's her family but none of them are really what she needs or wants so then at the center of this movie is uh jia chen who we've been talking a lot about so she is by far the most um, successful of the daughters, although she's the middle daughter career-wise, she is she is sort of the career woman. Um, she has this kind of open relationship with her ex-boyfriend. 
we see that she buys this apartment. She's the one who makes the announcement about moving. She also gets this job uh, promotion to go to Amsterdam. So yet another reason why she's clearly going to be the first daughter to move. Um, she basically begins the movie with a foot out the door. Um, but she's the one that we learn is uh, a gifted cook. Uh, so when she cooks for her for her ex boyfriend, you know she she brings this bag of food and she basically just is her father at this point yes. and creates this huge meal for two people and says, you know, I do, I never get to cook in that kitchen because that's that's his mm-hmm. and that would sort of be an affront to him. Um, and she starts to reveal little things that 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 are interesting. She says, you know, you don't know how funny and warm father was then, mm-hmm. you know, and she talks about being allowed to kind of run around the kitchen and you know that she was learning to cook from old when um and it, it it kind of makes you wonder like what was this family like when the mother was still alive like 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 there is that is clearly this like focal point moment which shifts this family i assume that's when the shift happened yeah. was with the death of the mother and it makes you like again we don't get a picture we don't get flashbacks we don't get people really telling much in the way of stories but mm-hmm. it's clear that that moment it, it, i mean if their lives are out of balance it's like that's maybe the moment when everybody's lives fell out of balance and there was there was uh this struggle to try to get some kind of balance back yeah, I, but, but, you know, you also kind of get contradictory views and you can't quite tell to what degree there's a kind of um, idealization of the past because then you you hear about, you know, that when mother was alive, it was kind of a war and the idea that, you know, Chia Chin is kind of a stand-in for the mother as he fights with her. Um, but she's very clear, as you said, that, you know, he was a, a warmer, happier person uh, back then. And obviously that's because he didn't have just food. He also had sex at the same time. But I think there is something to the fact that it's not that she was always denied the kitchen, that there was oh, a moment in life right. where like that felt like a track she was on. Yeah. And then we get this great conversation when Wen is in the hospital and he says, you could have been one of the great chefs, but your father was right to encourage you in your studies. So he's like, you you are you are your father in a certain way like like that's a path you could have taken but at the same time he's saying but you also need to realize he was maybe doing you a favor too yeah you know she says no one asked me what i wanted and and then he says that the line that i think is really important this is this is again that something that hits me is he's more proud of you than anything else in the world someday he'll express himself to you or he'll end up here with something worse than an upset stomach so there is this sense of like at this point, Chu can't express his feelings about about his daughter. But Wen is like, I know, I, I know, I know he has mo- all of these thoughts and feelings about you, but he he's unable to express them. But let me at least shine a light in that direction to say they're mm-hmm. there. Tr- you have to trust me that they're there, and you have to trust me that maybe maybe what he did for you, maybe you think what he did for you was deny you the access to this thing but maybe there's a maybe there's a reason he did that too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um so you know we find out about the apartment fraud her romantic failures right so the, so as we're leading into the movie she's actually the one whose life seems to be falling apart more yeah. where, where, where the others are finding love and then we get mr chu his story um his taste is slipping his cooking skill is maybe slipping we see some indicators of that even though you look at that food and think well it still would be pretty great 
Um, you see him struggling with the laundry. I love that as like a, a little subtle thing as somebody who does our family's laundry of like, all right, how do I make sure people get the right stuff back? So the daughters are constantly, you know, changing, changing out clothes. Uh, you get the, the Shan Shan lunch secret where he is, you know, uh, supplying her with, with better food. And, and there, again, the first time through, you're like, huh, why is he so invested in this little girl's lunch? But it's also, it also is even if you don't have the end of this movie, it's a cool little character beat of like, yep. yeah, this, of course he's looking for somebody else that he can express love, love to who actually wants the thing he has to give. And, and, and I, and I love the scene of him eating that battle, that bad yeah. lunch, right? Cause that's, cause if we've seen earlier in the restaurant, he values food so much. He's not going to dump food. Even if it's her bad cooking, he's still yes. going to eat it, which of course is also an expression of her love, his love for her, which we don't realize until later. We see that he is contemplating retirement from the restaurant, um, and we the movie is it's it's funny because the movie is so pushing us to want to think about him and and Madame Liang, even though at the same time the movie's showing you this is terrible. She's <laughs> kind of the worst, and um and like she's constantly blowing smoke in his face when you're like for somebody who's losing his sense of taste which is tied to your sense of smell could you please stop blowing cigarette smoke into that instrument because that's a really important thing but it still feels like well that's where the movie wants us to go um and then we and then we get the big sunday dinner where everyone is invited and it seems more formal you know he sent invitations out to the the sons-in-law and uh and and to everyone and here we see lots of food, but we also see lots of eating. Yeah. Right. So, so everybody's kind of diving in more. Uh, Chu makes a toast to each one of his daughters. Then he makes uh, this speech. And again, here is a beautiful piece of filmmaking where the uh, the camera is pulled back further. So it's moving in rooms outside of that dining room. And kind of um, as he's making the speech, it's like we're moving from room to room and getting peeks back in. I really like that, mm-hmm. that shot um, during the speech. Um, and he makes this this big speech about um, how you know they're separate people people living together leading separate lives how they've kept secrets from each other how he has kept secrets from them and kind of you know why he's done that and he says um, although we live these separate lives we worry about each other and that worry we have for each other that that is the that's the sign that we are family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then he's about, you know, he says, I-, I can't wait until all the ingredients are prepared and laid out to start to cook. He says, you know, life is not like cooking, which, you know, maybe this is a revelation for him, you know, <laughs> a moment. Uh, and he says, after the first bite, all that counts is the taste. And then he stops himself and it's like, well, maybe I'm not going to make this announcement. But everybody else is like, no, go ahead, because we all know what it's going to be. And I, this was the one of the great movie watching moments because it's like, okay, the movie has set us up to think maybe he's going to announce he's retiring. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to announce he's opening his own his own restaurant. Yeah. Maybe he's going to announce that he's going to marry or marry Madame Liang. Maybe he's going to announce he's dying. All <laughs> of the all of these things breadcrumbs have been laid for. And then he makes his real announcement, and I was genuinely shocked. I was just like, <laughs> my head exploded because I'm like, I that he's marrying uh, uh, Jin Rong. I was just like, I. I had no, I could not, I could not take it in, which is great because Lee puts us in the position of the daughters of like, yes. okay, he's going to make the announcement, but we kind of know where this is headed. And then it's like, nope, something totally different. Do you remember your thought when you, when you first saw this? 
No, I have to. I I will confess now. I remembered so little of this movie. It's it's shameful. So I, it was as big a surprise to me as it, as it as it was to you. I did not see that coming either. And it's it's great because you know. I mean, he's also it's it's a case where you know he's playing he's playing into plot cliches that we're all used to predict predictable arcs, and we're like you know. Even though Madame Leung is an awful woman, he seems to want to spend time with her. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, you know, no accounting for taste. Somehow he finds her interesting or attractive. And well, and, so. and to be yeah, and to be fair, he does he doesn't show us a lot of other people falling in love who fall in love. Like you're just we're getting little snippets. So it's like maybe he's not showing us the parts where they're connecting. Right, right. <laughs> And of course, what, what's, what, what I really like about her character is um, she she is completely contradictory character, right? Because all she talks about is how awful it is to get married. And all she ever asks about is, what is your relationship? Are you married yet? And, and then she's got this great line. She tells him, kids are creditors collecting for the sins of our past lives. Yes. Which is a very interesting commentary on the relationships in the film. So she's really kind of a helpful character because she expresses these contradictions. She says these kind of home truths that people maybe don't, don't want to think about. And then, you know, she kind of gets her comeuppance at the, at the end. Yeah. And we need to say she is not the best character not the best character in terms of a person you want to spend time with great performance she's great oh, yeah, like, exactly. that actress is fantastic because you believe everything she's saying you're just like i don't see this this relationship happening but it it feels so much like the movie is telling you that's what this is yeah, the daughters exactly. all think it and then so so then we get we think that's the final sunday dinner we even get a fade to black after she yeah, like faints yeah. and passes out and then we get the final sunday dinner so we see that the house is all sort of packed up. We see um, uh, Jia Cheng cooking and she's talking on the phone and she learns that uh, Jia Ning can't come because they have the new baby and, you know, they're fine. They're finally asleep. So it's like, so, so they're not going to come. We learn that uh, Jia Zhen can't come because this is a big Sunday because Ming Dao is getting, uh, getting baptized. Mm -hmm. um, we see Chu and Jin Rong in their new apartment um, and you know, he's talking to her and says, Oh, you're tired. You know, I'll just go and I'll pick up Shan Shan. And then she stands up and we realize she is pregnant. So it's like, okay, another daughter we learn. Yeah. Um, so then it's only Chu that comes to the house and the house is sold. It's all boxed up. And we realize that there is this one last, uh, this one last dinner, um, because she, because, uh, Jia Chen is taking the job in Amsterdam. We also learned that. So, um, you know, there is this sense that that she is cooking, but not she is following his father's in her father's tradition, not being a restaurant chef, but being the person who cooks the Sunday dinner. And that's and then then that's that's part of her inheritance is is cooking that meal. So this is the first time he's not cooking, but she is. Yeah. And, you know, and of course, and um, she's the I don't know if you want to say that she's the catalyst that restores his taste buds. But it's certainly her cooking that he realized his taste buds have been restored. And I think it's also, um, there's a connection, obviously, with sex and food and potency and, and his taste buds. And so just as we've seen that he's about to be a father again, so we know that that element of his potency has been restored. So he also has his, his sense of taste back. So it's both about his relationship to Jin Rong, but it's also about his relationship to her. So it's kind of so it's so it's it's ironically when it's only him and her that's when kind of everything and and nobody else is there 
At the same time, that's kind of the restoration of the balance that uh, has been uh, uh, that has been lacking throughout the the film for him in his life. I also think it's interesting that that she's making her mother's soup recipe, yes, yes. not his recipe. Um, and and you get this, mo- and it's it's another great storytelling moment where it's the first time you see him tasting her food and it's, and he's complaining about the taste of ginger and your first response is like, Chew, can you please just not do this? Because you as a viewer don't catch on right away either. Neither does he. That's like, wait a minute. You taste that? (laughs) You taste the ginger. Okay. (laughs) So what does that mean? You know? So, so it's, it's this great revelation that you get to have along with the character. Um, And then you see the two of them, you know, connect, call each other uh, daughter and father. And then we get the, you know, this, this sort of beautiful shot of them, uh, together in this movie, and we we think of how much ground has been covered over the course of this film. So we talked a lot. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this movie? I just want to go back to one of the kind of opening themes, and that is um, this notion of um, East and West kind of clashing. And um, he, he, Mr. Chu has a very um, primo from Big Night moment when he complains towards the end that food from everywhere emerges like rivers running to the mm. sea. And so that may be part of his weariness about cooking, feeling like he can't kind of he can't kind of maintain the the, the tradition anymore against these against these um, it, these new influences like Wendy's, for example. The other thing I wanted to comment on is um, several times you get these um, these shots of uh, the frenetic traffic of Taipei. Yes. And and the first time you get that shot, there's a shot of a woman policeman directing the traffic. And those traffic shots seem mostly to be associated with Jia Chen. Um, often scenes with her, the, the pillow shot, if you will, or the, the, the connecting shot is the, are those traffic scenes. So I'm thinking for Lee, it's a kind of a, it's a, kind of a metaphor for the modernization of Taiwan um, and the fact that things are, are literally moving, moving so fast. And of course, you know, we have the motorcycle uh, mo- mo- motif with uh, with Jen and, and her new husband. So I think it's interesting. He kind of puts those in there as both transitional shots, but maybe commentaries on this is a modern city, you have to remember. Well, and I, I'm glad you mentioned th- those shots because what's also interesting about them is they're not set up as purely transitions or establishing shots because they usually come end of a scene, fade to black, that shot fade to black, than a next scene so it's it it is more it it is something other than sort of just a a transition like it is a a set aside moment to show because i I did find those really interesting you know and and i think these the movie actually the opening shot of the movie is that as well yeah that's right it is Yeah, yeah. yeah So, Barrett, uh, what do you have for us for next week? Well, I'm going to interrupt. I have a couple more food movies, Sam, but I'm going to interrupt that because um, in an interview with Ang Lee, uh, he talked about the film that kind of opened his eyes to the possibility of cinema. And it was um, Igmar Bergman's The Virgin Spring. So we haven't done any Bergman in a while, and... um, I haven't seen Virgin Spring in a number of years. I've seen it, but I have, I'd love to revisit it. It's on the Criterion channel with a commentary, so you can go as deep as you want. Uh, and I didn't check the year. I think it's 57. I don't remember exactly, but it's somewhere around there. 
Well, I am excited about this because I love Ingmar Bergman and any chance to watch a new Bergman movie, I will do that. Um, I'm also excited because if you tell me a filmmaker like Ang Lee that this movie opened up his his uh, mind to the possibilities of cinema, when you finished that sentence, I was like, <laughs> whatever you say, I'm in. Because that's that's the kind of experience I want out of this project. So I'm I'm very excited for this. Barrett, thank you so much for recommending this film. This really did hit me pretty hard, especially the second time watching it, realizing kind of what what Lee is up to in terms of thinking about families and family dynamics here. So um really loved this movie. Thank you for recommending this. Thank you for having this conversation. That is all the time that we have, but we will be back next week to talk about the Virgin Spring in the video store. Mm-hmm.